guys have a bad last name, but they've actually done something quite okay. But it's really just unforgivable because they are complicit to they historical complicit. revisionism. They lie about their degrees. What else yeah. are they lying about? Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Meetup, the Filipino Freethinkers podcast. That's also a video. I'm Red, and I'm joined today again by Nicole. Hi. Hello, and you are an expert on deliberative democracy. Okay, yes. That's what you work on, and that's what our episode today is going to be about. It's going to be about voting, particularly finding the correct people to vote for. That's going to be part of it. But what we're going to focus on, most of all, mm -hmm. is how we can encourage others in productive ways yeah. to vote for the people we want them to vote. Like. Like, I have been wondering about this for a very long time. Like, I want people to stop voting for plunderers, for people who are would-be dictators or actual mm, dictators yeah. in the making. Bigots. Or bigots mm -hmm. or plagiarists, you know. <laughs> but there are definitely better ways because I've been seeing people, like, just outright calling people stupid for voting for certain politicians. Maybe yeah. there are more positive ways. Can you tell us about what you've learned in your work on deliberative democracy. How do we influence people in more positive and productive yeah. ways? So actually the premise of deliberative democracy is really to say, um, when we talk about democracy, it's not just about voting because voting is really just aggregating. Part, yeah. yeah, it's just aggregating our preferences. Um, the difference between deliberative democracy and just equating democracy to voting is that we have to recognize the importance of the kinds of conversations and reason giving that takes place before we make a collective decision. So when we contextualize that um, when it comes to elections, one of the most important democratic processes here is not just people casting a ballot. What's equally important is the process preceding that yeah. um, process of casting a ballot, which is the kind of conversation we have about selecting our leaders. That's yeah. where our deliberations should kick in. And I was thinking that we can use this episode to kind of deliberate about our preferences for senators. Okay. And of course, you live, can I tell them where your district is? Like, yes, you can. So San Juan, for so, example, is mm -hmm. an interesting place to choose mayor. I'm a Makati City voter, also interesting because a brother and a sister are added, uh, fighting each other for the mayoralty post. So I think the point I'm trying to make here is that our decisions, I think, have to be justified to each other while we are selecting one candidate over the other, which is kind of a response to the idea that our votes are private. Yes. So when you go to a ballot box, supposedly it's a secret ballot, no one's meant to know your vote. Of course, that's important for security, especially if there are goons there threatening people. But ideally, we are able to openly discuss our preferences and justify why we like the candidates we're voting for. That's so that's it. the deliberative part of elections. So I, I like what you said there. So not only are the elections like just one part out of many parts, yeah. but even the, the conversations leading up to that yeah. is something that that us as voters need to participate in yeah. for it to be a, a healthy democracy. Exactly. Right? Like if it's an exercise where we just not talk about politics like every day of the year except or, or we don't even talk about it on the day of the election we just vote mm -hmm. and, and then miraculously we see oh the, the i don't uh, like i'm so surprised these are the people who exactly. apparently people you know that's not uh, an ideal democracy no. in 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 your book it's an ideal democracy would be one where conversations happen 
way before leading up to that particular exactly. day of the of the exercise. But what what about the Philippines now? Because conversations here have been very very bad. Like it's it's been like families have you know broken up. Oh, they right. have, they yes. have stopped talking to each other. Unfriending has happened. Oh my right. Exactly. Right. Um, but I think there are spaces to keep doing that. And of course, this podcast is one of them. And I think, yeah, the online digital space is also increasingly becoming an interesting space um, to have these discussions as long as I think politicians are responsive to the kinds of things that voters say. So, I mean, I was talking to CNN Philippines earlier about the, the senatorial debates, and it really upsets me that some candidates don't want to join. Yes. And these usually are candidates, from how I read it, this is not CNN's take, but this is my take, like candidates who are already leading in the polls have no interest in being part of a debate because they probably think they're safe. Yeah. But I think even more we have to grill these people and ask for their positions on controversial issues, yeah. especially in the context of an increasingly authoritarian regime where they stand. Yeah. So, yes, for me, that's non-deliberative. Not yeah. showing up in a debate is so non-deliberative and we have to call them out. Because they're mostly thinking about the bottom line, which for yeah. them is getting the most votes. Exactly. So if they estimate that an exercise, be it a debate or an interview with yeah. someone, will not benefit them in terms of increasing their votes. Yeah, why would they doing an Instagram live and respond <laughs> to people's questions. Come so on. yeah, ideally we want to explain to people that the conversation is important as well as the, the vote itself. Exactly, yes. Right, so what do we do then to encourage these healthy conversations online? Let's say I'm a, I'm a critic of the Duterte administration, right? He are has you? certain, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yes. So certain candidates are, you know, he's been telling people left and right, vote for Bongo, vote for Bato, Bato vote yeah. for my daughter, vote yeah. for whoever, right? And I want to talk to people who are supporting these people. Yeah. Do I even make an attempt? Mm. Like, uh, or do I just give up because expecting them to vote for more principled candidates would be an exercise in futility. What do you think? Like, uh, yeah, it depends who you talk to. I mean, of course, there are people who are already, um, how do you say that? Set. Set. You can't change their minds. But I think there's still a value in engaging in that conversation to understand the reasoning behind it or the lack thereof. So, for example, one of the insights that I got spending time in Mindanao is that um, they really value the idea that Duterte is the first Mindanaoan president, right? So they're willing to overlook other character flaws yeah. um, because of the symbolic value of having a Mindanaoan there as president. Yeah. I don't have to agree, but I understand. Yes. But I also tell them, but I will fight back yeah. because I disagree with you, but I get where you're coming from. But yeah. also understand where I'm coming from as someone who grew up in Manila, seeing communities being torn apart by the drug war. That matters to me. Yeah. So I think there is room for that engagement. But the thing that we have to watch out for is to not impose what we think other people's opinions are. Because we tend, I think we tend to do yeah, that. Yeah. And I've witnessed so many Facebook fights that are just, it's gotten so insane because we weren't really listening to each other. Yeah. We just assume that this is the other person's argument yeah. because we automatically categorize them as fanatics. Yeah. I don't think that's always the case. I think I still think that's the exception. So what you did there, you're asking them, why do you support him? And you're finding out that people support him because of the, that Mindanao vote, yeah. you know, their identity as Mindanaoans. Yeah. Like you're having listened to them will do more 
for them to listen to you mm. uh, than you calling them stupid for voting for yeah. a certain candidate, right? But I think the trick is always to ask questions rather than to make judgments right away, especially if you're talking to, a, let's say, a hardliner, for a lack yeah. of a better word. Because if you already know that you you cannot persuade this person, what you can get from that conversation is an understanding why that person thinks yeah. that way. So I think that's good enough right? for us to see yeah. the perspective of the other. At least we know how to fight back better. Yeah. Actually, if we just learn from people who disagree with us and we know that okay this is our to-do list now yeah like whoever our candidate is we, we have to make sure that this person also addresses the needs of these particular people because if they're not addressed we see what happens yeah. populism happens exactly the threat of authoritarianism happens yeah so just listening to the other side is equally valuable as telling them our side yes. i think that's a that's a very good point because too many times i see on Facebook, like these posts, just calling the other side stupid. Mm. You know, the people who vote for Marcos, the people who vote for Duterte, for Bong Revilla, they're just stupid. Yeah. Like they... The, Lito the, Lapid. Lito Lapid. Yeah. Like, why would you vote for Lito Lapid? You're stupid. Yeah. Like, yeah. what does that really do? Like, and to me, I think all that does is provide an exercise in ca catharsis. Yeah. You know, you want to let off some steam. You're stressed. You're distressed. You wanna let. You wanna vent your anger, yeah. and you do it against the people you're blaming for these politicians being in power, which is the yeah. people who voted for them. And we often forget that we have bad voters because there's a bad set of choices to begin with. I cannot complete a twelve-person slate without making compromises, yeah. right? So I think the main issue here is not that voters are stupid, but it's because. To be honest, a lot of candidates are stupid, so so we really don't have a choice. So it's really on the supply side so, of politicians, so right? So how how many uh, what how many people can you put in your slate without having to make a compromise? Nothing, zero. <laughs> zero. So the, from number one, there's already a compromise there. But I think that's fine because yeah. there's no such thing as a perfect candidate. All of these candidates are flawed, yeah. which I think is the reason why we need to deliberate our choices, because definitely we're making value judgments. Yeah. So the example that we were discussing earlier is Pia Cayetano. I think we have to declare that this is not a paid ad. <laughs> we're not, um, not, a paid we're ad. not subtle influencers or anything. But yeah. I think Pia Cayetano is a perfect example because we are big supporters of the reproductive health bill. We like her politics, but yes. I'm incredibly disappointed when she says that what is it? Boys will be boys, right? When the president yeah. uses misogynistic language, her exact comment was, I don't want to be called a manang, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, want yeah. to be stereotyped as a killjoy when boys talk that way. And I'm like, no, everyday politics is as important as institutional politics. And, and I think she knows these things. Yeah. I think she's smart enough to know these things. It's just that when it came to a choice between don't say anything versus say some some token response just yeah. for the you know for the response or not to be picked on by the president at some yeah, point she went for the other side which is unfortunate like mm -hmm. so when people were really criticizing her when she was just shutting up and being yeah. quiet yeah but i prefer that too you know just revealing that you're pandering to these people exactly uh, but like, as you said she was with us all the way with the reproductive health bill yeah. she was the one the number one politician who I thought understood the importance of secularism and separation of exactly. church and state. Yeah. When she talked about the importance of secularism, she clearly got it the most out of all the all of all of the politicians. Yeah. So it really hurt yeah. me, and I, I expect a lot of other supporters yeah. of hers as well when she continued to ally with 
you know, the, the, the side of Duterte. Uh, I, I don't think she's on the level of Alan Peter. <laughs> like, uh, it would be hard for her to sink that low. I think only Alan Peter can, can reach that level. But still, at the end of the day, positive and negative, I have to make a choice. Do I vote for this person? Exactly. Do you punish her or do you just keep on supporting her despite the flaws? Yes, because when there is another vote that, that has to deal with stuff like divorce yes, exactly. or the RH law mm. or anything progressive and has to do with secularism, I think that she would still support it. Yeah, I definitely. I think that she would still speak for it. And I'm sure that she, she's uh, supportive of divorce. Yeah. Uh, but... Does, does her inaction uh, when it comes to things that uh, Duterte or her brother does yeah. like damn her to not receiving my vote or mm. my support? Like, like we were talking a, a bit earlier, maybe there's a, a middle ground there mm. that I vote for her, but I do not campaign for yes, her. Yes, exactly. Right. Or also after the elections, I think is where the hard work also kicks in for citizens like us. Because again, there's no such thing. There's no such person as a perfect representative. I don't think um, we agree on all sets of issues. Um, Pia Cayetana and I probably have differences on other issues. Yeah. But the point there is, will she be responsive to the kinds of criticisms, calls for accountability that we make after the elections? Yeah. So we don't have to agree on everything. I think that's quite creepy if there's a candidate that <laughs> totally mirrors how we think. Um, but the point is, is that politician responsive enough um, mm. to, to consider my views or to yeah. hear other NGOs, civil society groups' views um, when they are in power? So I think that kind of calculation recognizes that, yes, um, Pia Cayetano, as an example, is an imperfect candidate, but um, will I vote for her? Are my values in line enough with the values? Are there character flaws that I'm willing to just kind of bracket for yeah. now? but not forget about because yeah. I will still hold her accountable to those flaws. Yeah, I think there's there's a danger too when it comes to the thinking, which is um, on the whole positive that there is no perfect yeah. candidate because that is certainly true, yeah, yeah. right? There, there is no cert, uh, perfect candidate. But this kind of thinking, I think, is used by a lot of voters when they say, oh, I'll vote for Lito Lapid. Right. Because yeah. there are no perfect candidates. Exactly. Like everyone, like, okay, he's not the, the smartest person in the room, but all of them have flaws anyway. Yeah. Like, Bato is not the, the most gentle or, <laughs> you know, positive candidate there is, but everyone has flaws anyway. Yeah. Right? So it can be used in a, in a bad way as well. So yeah. I think... Um, instead of using it in a in an excuse, it, it you you still have to emphasize that you're looking for positive things, right, yes. positive reasons to vote for these candidates and candidates who represent the things that you value. I think is an is a top top priority. So if you're a big advocate of federalism, then obviously Coco Pimentel might be the person for you. But if that's not top on your agenda, and this man is known to be allied with the president, yeah. then probably he's not. He shouldn't be on your slate. So. I think that that kind of it's not a formula, but that kind of internal deliberation yeah. and maybe deliberation amongst your friends will be very helpful in terms of deciding which imperfect candidate to yeah. put in office. Okay, speaking of in, uh, imperfect candidates, we've mentioned several anyway, so I'll throw one out there. Yeah, um, someone like Julianes, right? He's mm -hmm. not on he's not the running for yeah, he's not running for office, but. He's the kind of candidate I like mm. because although I disagree with him on a lot of issues, yeah. because he's after all conservative. Right. Like, I don't think he's pro-divorce. Uh, no, he was anti-RH. He was anti-RH as well. But when you ask him, like, why he's against it, yeah. like, he, he, stands on a, yeah, he stands on a platform and he discusses with you the yeah. reasons he's against something. Like, he's not a template candidate who's just for... 
you know, the positive, the obviously positive things, education, mm. alleviation of poverty, all of them will say that they're, they're yeah. for that. But when, when it comes to controversial issues, he has a reasoned, yeah. uh, you know, response to, to why, you know, so, so ideally people are, I mean, politicians are politicians you can deliberate with, as, yeah. you, as you said. He's actually the perfect example of someone whose stand on issues really don't match my yeah. stand on they, issues. They don't match my but if, were, if he were running for Senate, of course he, he's not, because yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, his term has max, uh, reached the maximum um, number of years already. But if he were running for office, I would vote for him, because we need that kind of personality to counter the president. Yeah. So again, um, he doesn't represent my, my stand on issues, yeah. but that personality is needed for this particular time. Yeah. Right. So reading that vote, I think, has to be multidimensional also. Okay. Like, what role do you perform in the Senate? Which is also my worry with the Pia Kiaitana example. Because yeah. what if Duterte suddenly says he wants to change the Constitution in a very silly form? Will she yeah. be a the sexist way? Exactly. You know? Will yeah. she be a lackey or will she be this very feisty, super smart senator who will respond to the president? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Which is pretty scary, right? Yeah. So we've used two examples. Let's... let's Throw in a third one. Why don't we? Oh my God, Nancy Binay. <laughs> yes. we, we, we mentioned her earlier, yes, right? Yes. She is. Uh, she's been saying some very sensible things. Like of, of all the senators, is that the bar just say sensible things? The, yes, the bar is certainly very low. Okay. Right. It's very low when when uh, Pia Cayetano says things like like uh, you mentioned earlier, yeah, boys will be boys. Yeah, it's yeah. certainly set very low. Yeah. Nancy Binay has been sensible on a lot of mm. issues. And from the start, like uh, of course we know the corruption allegations with the still Binay's, with of the, of yeah. the Binay family. Yeah. They're still a di dynastic uh, mm. group of politicians. But on like her, she has a certain dignity to her, yeah. right? That, that I don't see in a lot of politicians who get into shouting matches yeah. or, you know, like very low match like they, they're trying to match what's happening the, the discourse of populism is sort of the bar right now. yeah that's true and for someone to be above that like yeah. nancy being like that she, she scores points so you're voting for her i would thinking thinking yeah, yeah definitely uh under consideration yeah same yeah. i mean i used to be what is it like six years ago yeah. i was hyper critical of her remember the language about how she's a what is it like an intern of her father she has no political experience yeah. and then suddenly she's what a top senator yeah and that was kind of insane never attended any debates we don't know what she stands yeah. for but uh, observing her in the six years i mean yeah she's been working hard yeah right? and she asks which is yeah, she asks yeah, important yeah. questions in senate yes, investigations she does. yes she does so i think um using the trillianes argument here yeah. which is just kind of funny because of course they have history um uh, i think that might work because we need a uh, an opposition voice in the senate yeah. again i probably don't agree with a lot of her positions and issues but if we think that the senate is a co-equal branch of the executive then we need people who can speak up against a president or discipline a president who wants to concentrate power um, in the executive. So maybe I'm considering, yeah. I'm considering, um, although I'm not remorseful for the critical comments that we've made against yeah. her in the past, Definitely. but yes, but I think, yeah, she's made some positive contributions in the Senate. And, so and, maybe. And let's contrast her with someone like Lito Lapin. Right. Like both of them don't have the qualifications on paper uh -huh. to be a, a, a senator, right? Right. But Nancy, like, I think rose above that with her work, with the yeah. stuff that she said. What has Lito Lapid said that, that's of note? 
something about the family because he has a lot of children. So he probably okay. did that legislation. I can't remember which legislation yeah. in particular. Yeah, but, but there is that um, important legislation. But that aside, I can't remember. So he, yeah, on the whole, I don't think like he's done his homework, so to mm, speak. Like mm. Nancy Bina, I think has. Yes. And um, you know, these are the kinds of things like like you said, like the choices are stacked against us. Yeah. As voters. Yeah. And we have to. We have to, you know, make very difficult choices. Yes. Like a lot of people on my friends list have certainly written off Pia Cayetano. But really? Oh, yes, they okay. have. But, you know, like, but the choices, right? Yes. Like and I think it day, gets very debatable when you look at, if, if, you, if you read surveys, it will be debatable if you look at the people on the, what is it, the 11, 12, 13, yeah. 14 uh, mark, like these people may or may not make it. And I think if people are making strategic vo uh, choices, that also is, for me, a legitimate vote. Like, if you really don't think Amy Marcos should be a senator, or if you don't think Bongo should be a senator, then maybe you have to make those strategic choices in terms of voting candidates that you're probably not super fond of, but may just beat candidates that you don't like. So I would support strategic voting mm. um, with the exception, or not exception, but with a caveat that we hold these people accountable once they are in power, because they could be monsters too. Yeah, and um, the, the only, I think, uh, reason for me not supporting, supporting strategic voting mm. is if it included, like, the non-negotiables. Uh, like, if it okay. included me having to vote for someone like Amy Marcos, for okay. example. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a, that's a that's no That's a no-no. That's right. a no for me. But that's funny because she's an advocate of LGBT rights. Yes, I'm, so, I, yeah, as, as with uh, Bongbong Marcos, who so yeah, has a lot exactly. of progressive things going for him as yeah. well. But, but there's a certain okay. candidate that I would never vote for, you know, like maybe my line is being uh, the family of a dictator. But this is the challenge, right? We keep on saying don't vote for a candidate based on the last name. Yeah. And I think the reverse is happening here. These guys have a bad last name, but they've actually done something quite okay. But it's really just unforgivable because they are complicit to are historical complicit. revisionism. They lie about their degrees. What else yeah. are they lying about? Yeah. They're still doing the historical revisionism. Yeah, yeah. and that's a non-negotiable. So that's a non-negotiable yeah, for, for me, me as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for watching this, this episode. Please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you, Nicole, for being here again. Thank you. And thank you to our millions of staff. <laughs> On behalf of them, see you next week.